make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Toughness, enthusiasm. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. You just heard our new intro, um, courtesy of Pep the Chep, uh, who I'm joined joined by uh, today. Uh, how you doing, Pep? <laughs> I forgot I made that. That really cheered me up. <laughs> I was about uh, I to say, wasn't that, that like weeks work. ago? <laughs> I made it at fake work, and you guys approved it in the text chat, and uh, that was that was a great start. I'm doing great now. Yeah, well, I mean, last week was the Thanksgiving pod, so we had to had started off with uh, some, uh, some that's Scott right. Messina. That's um, right. That's right. Re- Reeb wouldn't know because uh, he hasn't been showing up for work lately, uh, <laughs> missing out on those paychecks. Um, but now he is back. Uh, Reeb, uh, what made you uh, finally decide to show up for your job, which we don't pay you for? I was just following what any good Bengals fan. Uh, was doing and like the guy who stayed on his roof until the Bengals got a win. I was uh, protesting the podcast until the Bengals got a win. I feel like I was just down in the dumps about the NFL season and this weekend turned it around. Uh, that's fair. And that guy finally got off the roof. Why, why don't we start with this? And then we, we weren't planning on starting with the Bengals <laughs> winning. Uh, well, it's not exactly the headline news of the day, but since, since we're already talking about it, um, but how, how do you feel? How do, how, how do you feel about Andy Dalton leading the Bengals to a win, uh, cementing his legacy? I mean, I, you got to be happy for the guy. He might not give the best pregame speeches or best pump-up speeches, but you can tell the team will rally behind him. I mean, they all know he's a good guy. He's a much better quarterback than Ryan Finley. <laughs> also now um, the Bengals' all-time leading touchdown passer. That is a little surprising to me. When <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, damn, that's <laughs> – I don't know if that if Andy Dalton is who we want having all of our records. But, um, you know, props to him. He put together not a great day, but an efficient day. Um, and it was enough to beat the Jets. I think the defense for the past couple of weeks, honestly, has been playing better than the rankings have shown. I like the defense has put us in position to win in a couple of these yeah. games. I'd say against the Raiders and the Steelers, it was just that also happened to be when we were trying to see what we had in Ryan Finley. Now we know we don't have much. <laughs> um, so I mean, you can look at it if you're trying to be positive. It's good now that we know Finley's not the future. Finley's not an NFL starting quarterback, and we got to win. Yeah, we will not uh, be joining the Browns and the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I agree. The defense has definitely stepped it up. With the, they're, they're not really like a pushover defense anymore. Um, and I think uh, Andy Dalton makes the offense. I, I honestly don't, like don't think the Bengals are that bad right now. Like they're they're just kind of a, a bad <laughs> team, but not really any worse than any other bad teams in the league. Um, so I mean, I, yeah, I thought I thought it was nice for Andy Dalton, kind of. Uh, basically exactly i feel like this is this is what his career is it's like you know when whenever we think he's he's terrible he's like hey i'm not really that bad <laughs> whenever we think he's good he's like hey i'm not really that good so yeah. <laughs> he just uh he, he just always managed to come back to the pack um and get it's like he's through. aware he's aware of the dalton line and he's yeah. like all right i'm destined to be at this yeah, yeah. and 
talking about when he wants to be good, um, he had a really impressive throw in between three guys to Tyler Boyd that kind of reminiscent of the old Andy Dalton there. Uh, And I kind of, you know, Joe Mixon got it going a little bit too, but I see these final few games for Andy Dalton as like an audition for the the other teams because for sure uh it as a Bengals fan you might maybe want to see him win one or two more or just have impressive performances (laughs) I I mean I think everybody wants the quarterback to have an impressive performance with with the Bengals primed for a high pick uh they can maybe get a little something more out of Andy Dalton yeah are are you Reba are you worried Andy Dalton might win too many games uh, and give away that number one (laughs) overall pick I, I don't think we'll lose the number one pick. And even if we do, I mean, it's most likely going to be to the Giants, which I don't see them taking a quarterback. I mean, I know a trade can occur, but uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not worried about missing out on what I assume the pick will be Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, that, that's fair. Uh, yeah, just, just root for your team to win. That, that's fine. They'll, they'll get you to a new, nice 4-12. <laughs> I'm hoping for like two and fourteen or three and thirteen. Let's yeah, let's that, not go crazy here. Okay, yeah, that's probably more likely. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe get two wins. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of the extent of what I, what I'm expecting. Um, all right, I think that's enough Bengals talk. Uh, nice that that guy finally got off his roof. Um, I looked up his yeah. name uh, a few weeks ago, but I completely forgot it because who the hell cares. Um, it was getting cold in Cincinnati, so it's probably good. All right, why don't we move on to the big news of the day? Uh, Panthers coach Ron Rivera fired. Um, just you know, the the Redskins just making people lose jobs because they're just so dominant that uh, just embarrassing uh, coaches out there. I mean, uh, what w- were you guys surprised by the Ron Rivera firing? I guess I was surprised by the timing of it. I want to take a second to list off Ron Rivera's accomplishments before we say anything else. 76-63-1 overall record, three NFC South titles, four playoff appearances, two-time coach of the year, one Super Bowl appearance at Super Bowl 50. Uh, he's done some good things for this franchise, and about the same time as a head coach that Jason Garrett's been uh, of the Cowboys. And, and look at that. Um, I, well, I think uh, the Jason Panthers Garrett owner might, might not be lasting much longer than Ron Rivera. So, <laughs> I, I think Jerry should take notes. Uh, the Panthers owner admitted he was like, "This kind of gives us uh, an edge on other teams to talk to other coaches, um, and and start our search." Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised because you know they've been talking about it once once they got their new owner that you know people are like, "Oh, is Ron Rivera on the hot seat because the new owner is going to want." A new guy, and uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised, but like he he hasn't been that bad. That, like he should get fired mid season, but like I guess it's just becoming more common to to fire coaches in the middle of the season. It used to be pretty rare that that would happen, uh, but now it seems like at least one guy gets fired every year. Um, and yeah, I think it just get it, it might even like be helpful to Ron Rivera to let him get a head start looking for other jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and like I said, uh, I'll match up Jason Garrett's accomplishments just right here for you guys. Three NFC East titles, a two and three postseason record and a one time coach of the year and a lot of eight and eights and nine and sevens. 
Yeah, so uh, I mean, honestly, it's pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, Ron Rivera had his fair share of six and tens. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, think, uh, I, I would rather have Ron Rivera, but I mean, it's really, really their overall you know, record isn't isn't too different. I, I don't think he did a terrible job this year. I mean, I, I wouldn't compare I them either. to the Steelers completely, but I mean, he was coaching with Kyle Allen, and uh, we both disagree on, you know, I think this is like the Cardinals beating the Packers last year and them firing Mike McCarthy. <laughs> like, that's just unacceptable. <laughs> uh, but you compared them to the Falcons or, or the, the Rams when the Rams got thrashed by the Falcons. Couple yeah, yeah. Ago. I mean, obviously the the Redskins are just that kind of juggernaut with Dwayne Haskins out there. <laughs> I mean, two weeks ago the Panthers also got thrashed by the Falcons, a three and nine team. Yeah, that's a well, good point. <laughs> yeah, well, Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson were just running all over them. Darius Geis breaking. That was them. a pretty awesome. That was a pretty awesome game for for Geis. Yeah, I mean, he really just had two big runs, but. Still, I mean, he only had 10 carries. It's better than what he's had. Yeah. I mean, 129 yards on 10 carries. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Adrian Peterson also killed it. So, uh, I believe he had like 98 yards. Yeah, he had something around there. Um, So, who did the Panthers promote to head coach? Who is their interim head coach now? Um, I should probably know that. Um, I don't know <laughs> I'll look into that for you guys. I, I don't. I, I, I don't, don't know if it's know been announced said, yet. But uh, it's a good. It's a good. Oh, Perry Fuel is interim head coach. Okay. Um, okay. I would have surprised it's not Nord Turner. Uh, I think they. I think I, I that's right. I think I heard he's like an assistant head coach now or something. They're like co-head coaches or something. He's now special assistant to the head coach. Yeah. Assistant to the the head coach. (laughs) We've seen enough of Norv Turner as a head coach, uh, especially (laughs) as a Redskins fan. Yeah, true. Um, I feel like he's like the the classic like interim head coach, though, is why it's just just surprising. Um, But, yeah, not that it matters. I mean, the the Panthers, I think, have been kind of disappointing. So would you say this is good news or bad news for Cam Newton as a Carolina Panther? uh, I would say, I I mean, I think it's probably good news. Um, I mean, if you're a new coach coming in there, aren't you going to want to try to salvage Cam? Or are you going to, I mean... Yeah, what? I I would agree. It it seemed like the ship had kind of sailed with him and Ron Rivera, and even if he was healthy this year, I think they would have moved on. But now it's almost like a new tryout for Cam with the new whenever the new coach comes in. We got to see what this front office does in the off season. Yeah, I I just don't know, and what the owner wants, and what who are they going to hire, and. It depends on what philosophy they want in there. Clearly, uh, I think the uh, trend of hiring people Sean McVay has touched uh, will end this offseason. Um, and we'll see what's out there. I mean, what I if mean, they hired Jeff Fisher? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, <laughs> they really want to get back to that 7-9 record. Um 
Yeah. All right. What about another coach, uh, Jason Garrett? Uh, what do you guys think about his future after losing to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving? Really just getting getting stomped by the Bills. Um, it, it, it was nice eating some turkey, watching the Cowboys get killed. Uh, today, Jason Garrett, or, um, sorry, Jerry Jones says Jason Garrett will be a head coach in 20, uh, 2020. So, um, do, do you think that means that he will actually be the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys or that he will end up getting fired and going to be the Giants head coach? He is toast. And yeah. I don't even think, I, I don't even agree with Jerry Jones. I don't think he should have a head coaching job unless the team just needs a head coach that can clap and say we're going for one when they score a touchdown. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what he does. I've never seen, him, never seen him do anything. He just says when they score a touchdown, if they're in a two-point sit- conversion situation, he says we're going for two. But they score a touchdown, and you always see the cutaway to Jason Garrett just with a big one up. <laughs> Like, good, great coaching. And then he he's the best clapping coach in the NFL. I'll give him that. But I, I, I wouldn't touch him with a 49-and-a-half-foot pole if I were any team looking for a head coach. Yeah, he can't be too high on anyone's anyone's big board. Yeah, I, Maybe I, as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, maybe. I mean, when was the last time he even called offensive plays? Um, uh Oh wow, <laughs> that's like that's like nine years. Nine years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he might come back in court. I mean, I'd be surprised if he was just left jobless. But I just don't understand. Like all the rumors I've heard of who they would replace him with are like the two big ones I've heard are Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, and just recently Chris Peterson from Washington because he coached Kellen Moore. But I just I don't understand why. The Cowboys feel like dipping into the college pool when yeah. I mean, it's not been going great for the Cardinals. It hasn't been a complete disaster, but I mean, I think it's gone fairly well so far. I mean, yeah, considering they were the you know the worst team in football last year. I mean, I, I'm not saying I, I'm a little surprised by it just because they have two pretty hot head coaching candidates on their staff right now, and Chris Richard and Kellen Moore. I feel like they're like two of the top head coaching, up and coming head coaches, I guess. Um, you, you wouldn't know. say Rod Marinelli. Uh, I mean, I I think he could be like an interim head coach. I don't think anybody really wants him as like their <laughs> permanent head coach. I, I think he's. I'd agree with you. I mean, yeah. the coaching job on that team is not bad in by any means, and I wouldn't want to blow up that staff. Um, I I would say hire in house. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they they've clearly like been a fairly successful offense. I mean, they, I mean they've been like by most metrics they've been like one of the best offenses in football. Um, so I mean, you you got to say Kellen Moore has done a good job. Uh, yeah, I, I, even though I know Sean McVay has somewhat taken a step back this year, but I think that's still kind of the trend is to get those young offensive minds as your as your head coaches. I think that's what teams are looking for. All right. So uh, I think that's enough talking about Jason Garrett. Why don't we move on to another subject? Uh, well, kind of the same subject really, but uh, why don't we talk about his division, the NFC East? Cause the Cowboys, despite their struggles, uh, they're still in first place. 
um, which is pretty sad. Um, but we know we all know um, the Redskins are the best team in the division because uh, they're the only team to get a win each of the past two weeks. Um, but what, what, what do you guys do think? Do you guys think anyone can win the NFC East? I mean, at this point, the Giants could win it. I mean, <laughs> the six teams the Cowboys have beaten are 16-43-1 combined. The Eagles just let Ryan's Fitz Magic go Fitz Magic on them, pass for over 350 yards, three touchdowns, and even let in a weird fake field goal thing that nobody's ever seen before, apparently. The Redskins are literally the, first, the, the Redskins are literally punter. you you finish. <laughs> It was it was the first ever punter to kicker touchdown pass. Ah, yes, so. that. But the Redskins <laughs> are literally the hottest team in this division, winning two straight. Callahan. I mean, Callahan looks like he might be your head coach. It's, it's insanity. This division is so bad; it, it could be as bad as the 2010 NFC West. Yeah, I mean, last time we we did talk about. Uh, early on in the season, we talked about can anyone win at the AFC North, and uh, the Ravens answered with a resounding yes. Um, so, do we think anyone will answer our question this time? I don't think quite as dramatically as the Ravens did, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think someone's going to limp along to eight and eight, nine and seven at best. I think it's going to oh, come down a to a, a dramatic tiebreaker. <laughs> Somebody will actually will actually. Yes, win that's the my overreaction for the week. <laughs> Called it. No, no takebacks. I mean, it's it's going to come down to like some weird in division record tiebreaker at this point. I or just like how many points you've scored. Honestly, this is bad. <laughs> uh, do we give any consideration to? Making the, the the playoff changing the playoff format so that each division doesn't necessarily get a playoff team. I don't I don't think you need to go that far. I mean, even the seven and nine Seahawks they want a playoff game, and that's more exciting. That's I'd say you always want to root for the underdog. It is. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not against uh, the the current format, but I I don't know the the fact that they want a playoff game is like an argument for doing this like. Uh, saying that you know the, these teams can still win, it's like, but do they deserve to be in the in the mix at all? Uh, I think that's really the question. I think it complicates like who gets home field advantage and stuff like that. I mean, it, it would probably clear up the problem the 49ers and Seahawks have right now. They're going to be trading back and forth between like first seed and fifth seed, you know, for the rest of the yeah. season. There, but I mean, to make matters worse, this off season it happened. It's been coming up the past couple off seasons where they're talking about expanding the amount of playoff teams to increase viewership, which would make this problem even yeah. worse. Well, what I don't understand is like you can have it. Maybe I'm just not thinking this through right. But couldn't you make it so that even if the Se- <laughs> there's a very real chance I'm not thinking this through right, but the Seahawks, I mean, say they have like the third best division or third best record in in the nfc why would they have to be like the fifth or sixth seed just because they didn't win their division couldn't you just make them the three seed like just go by record but include the division champs 
Yeah, you could. I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, somewhat similar to what the NBA does. Not exactly. Okay. But they, I'm making sure. They, they, I wasn't 100 percent sure that worked out logistically, but it was just kind of a spur of the moment. <laughs> yes, that is All possible. Right, you. Um. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. This is their their format. I do kind of like that. You know, you get in if you're a division winner. I do get how it seems a little unfair at times. But yeah, I, I agree. There's randomness in the NFL, and sometimes you just need to live with it. Yeah. And also, you know, to support the current system, I mean, certain divisions have way tougher schedules than other divisions. Uh, not this year for the NFC East in any case, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> You know, sometimes you're going up against an AFC division that's just totally dominant, and then you're going up against this year's current NFC West, I guess. Uh, I mean, it, it can schedules can be part of the problem sometimes. Yeah. It's funny to like that this is an argument in the NFL when in college it's like the exact opposite argument of they want to like people are voting for expanding the playoff and for having conference champions automatically getting bids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, I mean, it's somewhat a different situation when in college, you know, they're, you know, four teams out of, yeah, I know, I know it's very different, but it's just funny that we're arguing for like the opposite things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're, there's just a middle ground that, you know, we're, we're, I mean, honestly, I think the NFL like system is pretty, is pretty good the way yeah. it's like the, the playoff format and, and everything. Um, I like that, you know, the regular season should matter that you, you do get an advantage if you're, if you're really good in the regular season. Um, that's why I like, you know, having two teams that get a buy and then only six teams that make it. Um, <laughs> I certainly like that it comes down to the playoffs. That's that's a big. I I, I wouldn't want to be like soccer where it's just like oh, there's just a regular season and then that that's the champ. <laughs> that that's what matters. The regular season yep. champ. Like that, or you can do Madden but, seasons where we're all in the same division and then whoever goes thirteen and three <laughs> is the sixth seed. Yep, I mean that's basically what this uh, NFC West is now. Um, yeah, I did, I did, did, I just wanted to quickly talk about the Monday night game because I thought it, I thought that was a a pretty fun game between the the Vikings and the Seahawks. I think two, definitely, definitely two contenders in the NFC. Um, did you guys, what do you guys make of that game? Um, I, I honestly, I thought the most exciting part of that game was when Booger McFarlane was like, yeah, and I talked to Russell Wilson about the MVP conversation the other day. And then this nothing was said for another 20 seconds. And I was like, uh, so you, that's cool that you talked to him about it. Uh, the, like answer your question or and then finally he went back into it. But um, anyway, enough of Booger McFarlane for this podcast. Uh, I think. Um, Kirk in the prime time really showed some good stuff, Alex. I'll jump on your Kirk train for a little bit. Um, when Dalvin Cook went down, things were definitely against him, and they were definitely a different, desperate team. I mean, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell got a touchdown pass. And he was wide uh, Kirk, open. <laughs> Kirk, uh, hey, that, Kirk that's no kept him in the game. Laquan Treadwell, that's so. very true. <laughs> and, and my one takeaway from this game, and then I'll let you all have the floor, is we're back on the, oh, God, should I start Chris Carson or Rashad Penny yeah. train? 
Chris Carson's comments after the game did not make me feel great. I Actually, it, it may have been Rashad Penny, but that he gave up a goal line <laughs> touch. Come on, man. We're into the playoffs now. You cannot say that. When I have like three, at most three running backs to play. And like, I got to decide. I mean, I think I think Chris Carson is still a solid start. I mean, he, he's getting the volume. I mean, even with Rashad Penny working in there, he's still getting a, a ton of carries, a ton of touches. Um, and, you know, they're not benched. They, they, apparently, Pete Carroll does not care about the phones because they do not. They have, have not benched him you know, because of that so far. So um, I think Chris Carson's fine. I think Seahawks are definitely a contender. Their defense has really stepped it up. I know they, they gave up. 30 points to the Vikings, but, you know, there's big six in there. Um, so, I mean, I, I still think their their defense is much improved from where it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, I agree that Kirk was was great in this game. I, I thought, yeah, it, it was unfortunate they wasn't able to make that final drive. But, I mean, come on. He, he had no Adam Thielen, no Dalvin Cook. He's out there with freaking Laquan Treadwell and B.C. Johnson. Stephon Diggs even dropped a bunch of passes, so. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it's the resurgence of Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, apparently. Kyle Rudolph. I mean, it's, it, he, he does his work in December. We all used to laugh and yeah. call him names, but... <laughs> I mean, I dropped him in Dynasty, and look where I'm at now. It's the curse. <laughs> the curse of Kyle Rudolph. But you got Alden Tate. Yes, I did. I did. And I have Tim Patrick on IR. <laughs> Don't forget that. No, that's, that's rough. Was there yeah, any... That, did anything come of a... Xavier Rhodes' conversation with Mike Zimmer. I know he was out for a couple drives. I didn't know if he ever actually went back in. I I have no idea. I, I, he is he is really not played well this season. But yeah, he got mad that David Moore torched him on that touchdown, and then <laughs> it looked like he pushed one of the other defenders on the Vikings, like when they were talking on the sidelines. And then it, yeah, I just kept on seeing Twitter updates that he wasn't he wasn't back in. Yeah, I, I didn't even see that, but would not surprise me. I mean, yeah, he hasn't played well, and if he's you know getting hot on the sideline, that that's what happens when players don't play well. They get frustrated, and then if they start playing well, they're like, "Oh, game's fun again." That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, you're you're aware of that mentality. Yeah, instead of hats, they throw helmets. <laughs> Sometimes at other players. Yes, uh, I, we're aware that that now is a thing that can happen. <laughs> um, why don't we talk about one of the other big, probably the main big game uh, yesterday, uh, Ravens 49ers, um, probably the two top teams in the NFL right now. Um, Ravens managed to pull out the win with the Justin Tucker field goal at the end. Obviously, he is just always money. Um, do you guys think... I mean, I I didn't really have any huge takeaways. I think it was just two really good teams uh, playing each other in a close game, and Ravens pulled it out. Yeah, I mean, I think the yeah, elements I mean, the elements definitely helped the Ravens game plan and the offense that they run. But I mean, 49ers I mean, hung in there. I feel like the the 49ers, you know, they're they're kind of built to play in that too. I feel like they're both kind of similar, not not really in terms of exactly their style, but. They're both teams that want to run the ball a lot, and certainly the, the four, they both have very good defenses. Yeah, I 
I guess I, I'd agree with that. But Brita was hurt and then didn't look like Tevin Coleman even really played that much. It seemed yeah, like it was mostly the Mostert. Yeah. It's Raheem's Mostert's backfield now. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, though, because it's Kyle Shanahan. So. I was about to say, is it anyone's backfield? <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say the elements were, were just a part of the game and San Francisco's defense might have flaws but might not just because the ravens are that good i mean the hell the ravens uh, i think what points. you said alex is spot on yeah like this you're spot on like it's just two teams going at it yeah good good teams yeah i thought i thought it was a really good game um you know the ravens defense just continues to impress me that uh they're they're just the they're definitely have a top 10 defense at this point i I'm not sure if I'm going to go top five just yet, but they're they're getting close. Um, 49ers, I think, probably have the best defense in the NFL. So, uh, and they, they showed it again. I mean, Lamar Jackson couldn't do anything as a passer, but is that doesn't really matter for <laughs> for, for the Ravens because they're just so good running the ball, and Lamar Jackson is just a beast on the ground. He's just like the best running back in the NFL. And also a pretty good quarterback, so that's that's pretty good. Um, all right, why don't we talk about the last the, the Sunday night game? Uh, and mainly, we want to talk about is 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 it time for Tom Brady to retire? I think we are the first people to ever have this conversation. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think his receiver Nikhil Harry and Muhammad Sanu should retire <laughs> because. Uh, they were eaten up by the the Texans secondary and nowhere to be seen. I think Vernon Hargreaves just had a career resurgence yeah. shutting those guys down. And Bradley Roby had a night. And I mean, whoever else was a former first round pick is in that secondary somewhere. So <laughs> did Vernon Hargreaves uh, those guys had a really good night. Uh yes. Yes. He 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 got cut by the Bucks a few weeks ago and then the Texans signed him. They now have four first round yeah. picks um, on in their secondary, or and none of them were drafted by. by, by <laughs> so they should be good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, well, they had a good night against the Patriots, uh, suffocating those receivers. And Collinsworth is calling it right. Tom, or Julian Edelman and James White need help, and it. But the Tom Brady's acting like he doesn't have talented players in his receiving core like the reason the reason they dropped josh gordon is because there are too many cooks in the kitchen with Nikhil harry and muhammad's new that you traded a second for yeah. uh it was just a good night by the texan secondary yeah i mean i, I mean, the patriots just haven't been you know on ha- haven't uh, tom brady hasn't been on the same page as receivers and uh i think he's a little bit mad about it i, I don't know i just from uh, my limited experience with body language and lip reading. It seems like he's getting a little bit frustrated. Um, I, I, I honestly don't think Tom Brady has played too bad this year. I mean, I don't think he's you know, the Tom Brady. He was where he's the best quarterback in the league for sure. But uh, I, I think honestly, he's like the least of the problems with the Patriots offense. Uh, their offensive line. I mean, they're actually offensive line played really well last week, but for the most part in the season, has not been good. And the receivers haven't been good. They haven't been able to run the ball. Um, I think I, I, I think they have they have bigger problems than Tom Brady. I think he's actually played better than he did last year 
uh, in the regular season. Um, so who knows? Maybe he turns it on for the playoffs again. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, and I thought it was so bizarre that Sony Michelle at the end of the second quarter was just non-existent for the rest of the game. I understand they're behind and they have Rex Burkhead and James White in the backfield, but I mean, giving Sony Michelle only one touch in like the <clears> second <throat> half plus half of the second quarter was bizarre to me. They don't, they don't put him um, on the field but, and when they're when they're passing. That's just not what they do in that. And uh, right. Je- Jem did want me to, to bring uh, it. Yeah. It, it, it screwed him in fantasy because he just needed uh, a point two more points from uh, Sony Michelle and Will Fuller in that second half uh, and could not get it. So two more yards. Um, and I guess I, I guess it's that time of this talk about the game to talk about Deshaun Watson. Alex, you have the floor. <laughs> Did um, not quite get you the 80 points that you needed. But not quite, a great but, game. But pretty good. Had had that receiving touchdown um, from DeAndre Hopkins, too. So that was pretty cool. Um, he, the, I mean, he's just a beast. Threw the, threw the touchdown to Will Fuller, the two-man touchdown. But Will Fuller. Couldn't, couldn't quite haul it in, and the next play just goes out there and throws another deep touchdown to Kenny Stills. I mean, that's that, that, that's the stuff I love. Like That's what like happens. To, I, I feel like that, that happens to the Patriots all the time. When, like, they're, they'll they'll get a, a big play on, like, second and long and uh, get a first down, and then it'll get, be called back, and, the, and and it seems like, oh, man, the, the they just got a big play. How are they – how are they gonna? And now they got screwed out of it, and then they just get it on, get a, another big play on like third and long, and everybody forgets about the calls, and that's why like it seems like the Patriots always get these, you know, bad break or good breaks um, because you just forget about the bad breaks because they just overcome them, and that's kind of what I feel like Deshaun Watson was like and has been like for most of his most of his career and you know both college and the pros when. That, that's what good good teams, good players do. They 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 make you forget about those those bad breaks because they don't matter at the end because they just make make up for them with, with good plays. I uh, can't can't disagree with that. But Alex, they're calling Deshaun Watson the anti Kirk Cousins because of his <laughs> primetime performances. Well, that's uh, Kirk just had a great primetime performance, so. Right. Kirk is 0 and 8 still... in Monday Night Football starts. That's the worst in NFL <laughs> he still history. Lost the game. It wasn't his fault, though. I mean, that's. I have heard that excuse too many damn times. <laughs> Do you really think it was uh... Kirk Cousins' fault that they lost on Monday Night to a good Seahawks team? <laughs> no, but on, at, at some point, he's got to just go out there and win a damn game by himself. He's won games, like, just because. It's the it's just convenient. <clears throat> Every time he loses a game, it's just everybody wants to just crucify him. I mean, come on, he, he played well. Any other quarterback has that game, you just be like, oh, it's a, it's a good game. Uh, some somebody had to lose the game. If Russell Wilson had lost that game. Would we be saying that about Russell Wilson? No, but it's it's because of his history. It's because he's zero and eight in Monday Night games. Okay, well, what does Monday night have to do with anything? Like, I mean, come on, that's just completely random. It's prime, it's prime time. time. That's like the prime time Bengals. Okay, we don't win. 
<laughs> but he just won on Sunday night, like a few weeks ago, and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> it's the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to win. No, it's it's just funny. He needs to win a primetime game against a team that has a winning record. The Cowboys did have a winning record when he beat them, but they're not going to end up with a winning record. I mean, they might. They're they're six and six right now. All right, I, I just started this conversation to make you mad. At him, so I think it was. Kirk, Kirk Cousins had a good performance. Uh, Dalvin Cook got injured. We'll blame it on Dalvin Cook and his stupid shoulder. Uh, yeah, all right, fine. Uh, I mean, the, the Seahawks are a good team. Vikings are a good team. It was in Seattle, too. I mean, I don't know. It's... It's just a, a tough spot. Somebody's got to lose. So I think both quarterbacks played well, and Seahawks ended up with the win. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. The dance moves. All right. Oh, that was great. How, how that was get, probably the best. <laughs> how did we get back the to the, the Seahawks Viking game? <laughs> we, we had moved on from it that. Was, it was just that good. Can I say <clears throat> one more thing about one game this weekend? Sure. Steelers Browns <laughs> rematch. I was hoping we'd touch on this at least. Freddie Freddie Kitchens is the dumbest head coach I think we have ever seen. All right, he posted a picture on Instagram of him wearing a shirt that said Pittsburgh started it, Pittsburgh finished it before the game. I like this is the guy. A head coach is the face of your franchise essentially, and. He's doing these things, posting on, or he didn't post it himself, but he was posted by someone else of him wearing the shirt. Did you see? And then he's, he's coming out with this excuse Oh, my yeah. daughter is wanting me to wear it. Yeah. That's... Okay. Well, <laughs> it, like, would, would Mike Tomlin ever do he's something like that? his own daughters under the bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, like, <clears throat> that, that was pretty. <sighs> cool. He's like, and, and then, like, He's, he throws his own team under the bus going like, yeah, well, we were prepared, and that's not the reason we gave up 40-yard passes because of my shirt. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's not the point. Like, your shirt starts fights <laughs> on the field. Also, it, like, oh, get your man. team to, prepared to play against a third-string quarterback and Benny Snell. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, that that's something that he could also do about it. It's like, hey, if your team wins the game, then people won't care, but – since you suck as a coach and your team loses to the freaking duck hodges. This is going to be an even bigger storyline. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly believe Freddie Kitchens will get fired before Jason Garrett does. I think that would be the smartest head coach firing Jimmy Haslam has done since whoever he fired. I mean, Rob Chudzinski was a terrible fire, um, but Hugh Jackson was a good one. But anyway, I digress. Freddie Kitchens making really dumb decisions out there. And uh, that's kind of what the Browns have been. Just <clears throat> a, just a, like a, a group of players, but not like a football team that's a I mean, football team. They're among team. the most penalized Everybody's teams like on, in the league. Yeah. Just no discipline. And that action, posting that picture in the shirt or just being in the picture, wearing that shirt, and then being like, but I covered it up with my suit. 
and just not taking accountability for the fact that you wore that shirt, I think is really the moment that sums up this season for the Browns, a lack of leadership, a lack of discipline. And you can see it all in, in that response. And, and just turning OBJ stuff. into a mediocre receiver. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, my most disappointing part since I drafted OD- OBJ in a lot of fantasy leagues. Have the dynasty. Uh, yeah, Jarvis Landry is now a better fantasy receiver than Odell Beckham Jr., which is just ridiculous. And Jarvis Landry isn't even that good. Of a I guess my player. uncle was right in the end when he said Jarvis Landry is a better receiver than OBJ years ago. Yep. Yep. Your uncle knew the whole time. <laughs> you're a genius, Uncle Greg. But you're still a Dolphins fan. This is how it would You're still a Dolphins fan, though. So who's the real loser? <laughs> total total contracts between the two. A total of like $160 million if they made all the money on their contracts. But, uh, yeah. The 2019 Browns, everybody. Go back in our don't go back in our earlier podcast. Do not go back. <laughs> yeah, we please we knew this was coming all the whole time. I mean, I, okay. I was kind of worried about it from the beginning with the the bad offensive line. They kind of reminded me of like the Vikings of last year. Um, when they they seemed like they were stacked, but felt like they could get derailed by that and weren't sure. I, I don't know. It, but I, I didn't expect to be this bad where their offense is just not doing anything for most of the year. Like we're totally going to overlook the fact that Nick Chubb will have well over a thousand yards rushing Yeah, because it just doesn't matter. Kareem Hunt's also been a beast. Yeah. How do you have this many playmakers on offense and just, and just perform below average? Every week, Freddie Freddie Kitchens would tell you, "Well, I don't have David and Joku at tight end, so <laughs> yeah, that, that's a problem." He was the glue guy. <laughs> well, well, speaking of head coaches, uh, I do have a little uh, quiz here. Not quite a chopping block, but uh, my, my own little little quiz that I, I forgot I did. But um, I just wanted to. So since 2010, um, there have been 17. Well. 18-ish, really 17 coaches that have been uh, that, that have made the playoffs three times or more. Um, can you name those coaches? So there, there are 16 guys who definitely who clearly did, and then two guys who are like sort of did. You'd get like half a point. Um, sort of did. Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just so since 2010. Yes, yeah, since 2010, and this year doesn't count. Because you know, some teams have clinched playoff first. Um, but uh, so I'll tell you who the two coaches that sort of did are. Uh, Bruce Arians and Chuck Pagano had had the year when in uh, 2012 when you know Bruce Arians yeah. was the coach because Chuck Pagano had cancer, but Pagano was technically the head coach, and that would have been the third for each of them. They have two other one. They each have two other ones, and then have that year. So I feel like you can't really count both of them, but the, those are the two. So name the sixteen other ones. You, you guys can alternate. Uh, Reed, right. one, you or no, Pat, you're, you go first with the first pick between me and Reed. <laughs> Marvin Lewis. That is correct. It's accurate. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just going to get the easy one out of the way. Belt check. Wrong. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no fucking way. Um, uh, Pete Carroll. Correct. Pete Carroll is uh, tied for second with uh, seven. Bill Belichick obviously has the most, but nine. He's made it every year. Uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Correct. Ron Rivera. That is correct. Sean Payton. Correct. Jason Garrett. <laughs> that is also correct. Hmm. Shit. <laughs> Did John Harbaugh make it three times before he went to Michigan? I don't remember when he went. Well, Jim Harbaugh is the one who went to Michigan. So, oh, shit. Yeah, he, okay. he, you, you already guessed him. And All right, then John Harbaugh. Correct. Uh, yes. Mike, <laughs> Mike McCarthy. That is correct. He is also tied for second with seven. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, that is correct. Ooh, Reeb, you're going to take my next yeah. one. I'm so sorry. Uh, why am I struggling here? Um, man, good Doug or uh, uh, Andy Reid. Sorry, correct. That's the last pretty obvious one. The, the other ones are are a little bit harder. Are any of them still head coaches right now? Um, let's see. There's one. Um, just one more <clears throat> that is still a head coach. He's in the mm-hmm. AFC. He's in the AFC. I think I know it. And and he's he would if the playoffs started today, he would have a playoff spot. Hmm. But that, that pretty pretty limits it, Reeves, though, I mean. <laughs> I'm just blanking. I can't even think of the head coaches <laughs> now. Um You've already named Three AFC coaches that have, or four AFC coaches that have playoff spots. <laughs> Actually, yeah, four. Um, pass. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Correct. Damn it. All right. So the the others do not are not currently in the NFL, um, or I mean, not currently head coaches in the NFL. Um, one was a uh, there. There's a former Texans coach as well. Um, All right, think I think I'm ready for this. Oh no, yeah. I'm just gonna um, let you know, Alex. I'm not getting any more of these. <laughs> All right, Pep, go ahead. Uh, what's his name? Matt. What's his name from the Falcons? Mike Smith is correct. Mike Smith. Um. Trying to right, think. Three more. Who was the Texans head coach before Bill O'Brien? He is currently on the Viking staff. Ooh. Uh, Got a nice little shot of him in the in the booth last last night. Um I'm assuming this was not the chopping block that you had planned for me last week, Alex. 
No. It re, re, drew. It, this is not a chopping block. That's Drew's oh, okay. thing. All right. For jokes, I'm going to throw a name out there because I'm thinking Vikings. Leslie Frazier. No. Um, <laughs> all right. There is a... Uh, so let's see. Um, the, this this guy actually won a... So the, the same guy who was the Texans' former coach won a Super Bowl with a different team. Uh, as their head coach or yes as their head coach with Peyton Manning oh my god Uh, (laughs) I can't remember Tony Dungy no (laughs) (laughs) Jim Caldwell Jim Caldwell is correct actually but thank goodness there's one more um, one more. Uh, and he was the coach of the Broncos before Gary Kubiak took them to the Super Bowl. Okay, I was thinking of Gary lost. Kubiak's cold red face. <laughs> <laughs> and he chewed a lot of gum. Oh, John Fox. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Oh, I knew gosh. that was, that would give it to you. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> sorry, listeners, I failed you all. Uh, that. Uh, that that was pretty good. I think you guys did pretty well. The the Gary Kubiak was was a little painful, but yeah, I should have known that. For the most one. part, for the most part, you did you did pretty well. All right, Gary, Gary um, Kubiak's just kind of sifted into the the darkness a little bit. Like, yeah, I honestly I can like understand how you would have forgotten that he was the coach of that team. <laughs> like, he's a pretty forgettable head coach. Not that he's a terrible head coach. Just, just not very memorable. I feel like it was like basically, you know, it wasn't very different than having John Fox as the head coach. <clears throat> yes. That era kind of just blends together. Absolutely. All right. Um, why don't we close it out with our overreactions? Um, <laughs> let's go to... Um, <laughs> uh, how about Reed this time? Oh, damn. This is the treatment I get for not doing this podcast for like over a month. <clears throat> um, my overreaction, I don't know if y'all saw earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. Um, Deion Sanders. No, it must have been today. Uh, Deion Sanders came out and was talking about the Patriots wide receiver uh, situation. And he seemed very certain that they were going to get help in that arena before the season was over um, or before the playoffs started. Uh, you couple that with the, uh, the Twitter post that Antonio Brown put out there about his uh, Christmas wish. I, I think we could be in for a reunion. Don't know how the, the contracts work out. Don't know how the lawsuits work out, but we all know that Belichick and Brady don't really give a shit what the public think as long as they win. <laughs> and right now they're not winning. All right. Even though they're ten and two. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not winning except they've won ten of their twelve games. All right. I, I like that our reaction. Yeah. I think it's somewhat possible. Um, but not very likely, but sure. Uh that's kind of the point of the overreaction. I mean, pep. What is your overreaction? All right. Well, 
after Reeb got into dicey territory there, I don't think I can get as juicy as that. But all right, here's my overreaction. I think the Chargers should bench Phillip Rivers and give Tyrod Taylor a chance because I don't Hell think yeah. Phillip Rivers will be a Charger next year. He's he's in the last year of his contract. We've seen we've seen what Phillip Rivers can do, and uh, you know they'll probably end up with Mitch Trubisky next year or something. And you know. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I think it's Tyrod time. That would be sad. What, what do you think happens to Philip Rivers? Do you think he retires, or do you think there's a chance he plays for somebody else? I think he he goes to somebody else, like the Bears. <laughs> Tight. I, I feel like he's, you know, he's been pretty vocal that like he doesn't want to move his family or anything. So I mean, that, that's the only issue with that. That would be an expensive move, a really a big, expensive move, a big move. I mean, he, he's 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 like, oh yeah, I'm commuting to. Uh, to, to L.A. right now. I don't know if he's going to commute from uh, San Diego to uh, to Chicago. That, that, that might... Well, you know what? He put that on himself, okay? <laughs> um, not the L.A. move, but other logistics of that situation. <laughs> and there are plenty of teams that need a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the only one I could see is... Potentially the Panthers, the Bears, the Titans, like you yeah, said. Yeah, I think the Titans would be the only choice because he, he's from nashville and likes that area so i think that's the only one he might consider but i don't know the way ryan tannell's what about even the bucks the way the ryan tannell's playing i don't know they'd even prefer philip rivers at this point yeah i mean even the buccaneers might need a quarterback right yeah true i don't know the bucks i, I honestly I feel like there's a chance they might bring back Jameis winston which would be such a huge mistake. But. I think he deserves one more chance. <laughs> give him a big contract. Um, all right, I'll, I'll give you my overreaction. Oh, man, I, I had two that I want. I, I kind of want to save one, but I'm just going to give you both because <clears throat> I have them, and I'm probably going to forget by next week anyway. Um, so they're both special teams-related uh, overreactions. One uh, is is for the Chargers. Um since, since you brought it up, um, the Chargers should just not have a punt returner. They they just just put nobody back there. Just let the let the other team kick it. Yeah, you're going to lose an extra five or ten yards because you don't have anybody back there to catch. But just go for the block. Everybody just rush in, try to get the block because there is like a 50-50 chance that you're going to muff it. And it doesn't matter who you put back there, how good their hands are. You're the Chargers. There's a 50% chance you're going to muff it. So. Don't don't put anybody back there. That's my overreaction, dude. You're totally right. <laughs> Do a NFL QB Club 2002 punt rush. Yep, that, that <laughs> that's what they need to do because that is their best <laughs> chance. All right, and then my second overreaction um, after freaking Young Lake who recovers three onside kicks on Thanksgiving night. That that was amazing. Um, first of all. Um, but I think that is going to cause the NFL to recover a lot more onside kicks. Um, if they if, if they just follow that, you know, I feel like the kick that he made, they weren't like that tough. I feel like other kickers can do it that way. If they just, you know, if they just realize that that's the best way to kick it. Um, I feel like it gives you a solid chance to recover it. Um, and you saw it with the Patriots doing it um, on uh, – against the Texans and almost got it. They kicked it and the guy, their guy got to it and tipped it and ended up going out of bounds, but it gave him a good chance to get it. And I, and it was the, like basically the exact same kick that young, young way Koo did 
in, in his three recoveries. And I feel like other teams are just going to copy that that type of kick. Um, and teams are going to going to start getting more more onside kicks. How about that yeah. young boy, Koo, man? <laughs> he with his onside kicks. I call those kooks, man. <laughs> you don't prefer Matt Prater's approach and just <laughs> like nailing it at the opposing team? Uh, I still well, that's a good approach too. <laughs> I, I I don't even think that was intentional. I don't know. Maybe it was, but it it, it seemed like oh, you know, Cordero Patterson got a got a nice return to start. You <laughs> feel like he was just trying to squib it. As the guy turned, he accidentally hit it. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, that was practice. I prefer to think it was perfectly calculated. <laughs> it might have been. I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like th- there have been people, that, uh, multiple soccer oh, players. There goes Pearson. That would be their approach. Would be to just try to bang it off the the front guy. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's that's the way to go. Um, but yeah, I like Young Leku's approach a little bit better. So, all right, I think that about does it for us. Um, uh, you guys have a good, good post Thanksgiving return to work. Um, it kind of sucked for us to go to fake work, but we do enjoy being back here on the podcast with you. Make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. In spirit, I find it hard to be masked. Toughness. Enthusiasm!